Mr. Catherwood, is his name right? I think so. Okay. <laughs> he asked us to go outside and like do this in some type of authentic Alaska place. However, our village has been invaded by wolves because it's the end of winter and there is no food in the tundra. So it is not safe for us to park in one spot outside. And it's also in the negatives, so oh, we yeah, prefer and that. to be inside in the warmth of our apartment. With no wolves. Yeah. So here we are. Congratulations. You may now turn your tassels. You're listening. You're listening to the. Oh, if we say it at the same time. No, we can't do that. No, That's no, not we... You're listening to the Day After Graduation podcast from Longwood University. Welcome back to the Day After Graduation podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Catherwood. In today's episode, Stay or Go. We find two recent Longwood graduates as they teach and explore in the Alaskan wilderness. We're talking seriously remote. Amelia Erickson and Michaela Hostetter both graduated last May, 2019. They're best buds and actually heard about this opportunity to teach in Alaska at one of our career fairs. They thought, you know what? Let's go on an adventure. I read about their upcoming adventure when it was mentioned in the summer edition of the Longwood Magazine, and I thought, wow, now that's brave. I decided to send a microphone up to Michaela and Amelia so that they could record their stories and their journey while exploring a new place and a new career as they set out in unchartered experiences. I'm so thankful both Amelia and Michaela liked the idea of sharing their story for the podcast. As you'll hear, it's been quite a ride. In the beginning, I had no idea what in the world I was doing here. Um, I mean, we came to teach. Okay, we came to teach. But I guess I came in with the thoughts of I want to be independent and grow as a teacher, as a young woman. But at first, it didn't really seem like that was happening much. I cried a lot, way more than Amelia did. Um, I miss my family. I really didn't feel like anything I was doing was making a difference here. It just seemed like I was hitting a brick wall. But over time, things started to change. I kind of broke down the wall a little bit. I still cry more than Amelia. And I still have some bad days um, with personal things or with schoolwork. But I have been able to see true growth in the students that I have and also in myself. Today for me was a major win. I have this one little babe that is self-contained and hates reading. He just despises it and would rather do anything else but read. But today he read a book cover to cover and we knocked the socks off his grandma and that was awesome. So we're definitely making a difference and we're learning a lot and I think we're setting out Yes, we say this on tape, but sometimes we do come home and we're like, oh my God, why did we move here? It's so hard. What idiot thought this was a good idea? And that idiot was Amelia Erickson. One time Meg told me that this was the stupidest thing I ever talked her into. Yeah, and some days I still believe that, but (laughs) I know that that's not true.
The people that we've met in the village, they have a really hard time trusting people because there is a revolving door of teachers in and out of this place because it's hard. On top of teaching for your first year, which is just thinking hard no matter where you are, we chose to do it in Bush, Alaska with nobody that we know, with no stores, no travel. Like the first time I ran out of coffee, I freaked out. The first time I ran out of spaghetti, I freaked out. That's an awful feeling. Being like, oh my God, I'm out of coffee and I have to wait at least a week to get some because it has to come through the mail and the mail's never on time and what am I doing with my life? I love the people. Yeah, I agree. I have met some of the best people out here. Yeah. We were honestly, when we had our new teacher training in Bethel, it kind of gave us, they kind of scared us they because did. they really made it out to seem like, okay, you're gonna be the, pretty much the new white people. They're based out of Quinhagak, which is a remote village. I mean, super remote, like only getting there by a plane remote. It's 420 miles north and west of Anchorage, Alaska. That is a huge part of being out here because transportation is strictly ATV or a plane. There's just no roads. That, yeah, you can't go you can't anywhere. Go anywhere. Because in the summertime or springtime, the tundra has melted and everything is mush. So you mm -hmm. can't four-wheel to other places. And then in the wintertime, the snow or freezing fog, which I didn't even know was a type of weather until I, until I moved here, is a thing. <laughs> and you can't fly anywhere. Even though it looks yeah. fine to you, the small little bush planes can't descend it's, in that. And it's insane, like, how the weather changes. There was a, a plane crash a couple of weeks ago because between the village that they were flying to and the airport in Bethel, they hit a patch of freezing rain or freezing fog, iced up the plane, and it just nosedived into the tundra. And I mean, it was a huge hit to our community, but that's a part of living out here. And it's, yeah. it's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like we have become so used to it. But mm -hmm. you know, my mom specifically, she still worries about it because we're used to it and we're comfortable with it. But in actuality, every time you get on one of those planes, you don't know if you're... I mean, the same thing with a car. Yeah, And true. honestly, these planes have the best view ever, and you're not cramped. Yeah, so at least and if you go down, good. it's pretty. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> some of the best pictures that I've taken of this place have been up there. And honestly, some of the best views that we've had have been up there, and you get to see so many cool things. And bush planes are amazing. Everybody should go on one. Okay, that's a, that's a her opinion. I love them. <laughs> So, you step off the little teeny airplane and you see a small building that kind of resembles a house with plastic glass windows. <laughs> yeah, but it looks like it might have been shot up. Yeah. <laughs> that is our airport. So, you don't really, it's not, it's the airport, but it is unlike any other airport you will ever see ever. You walk in and the city. At least we have an airport though. Some villages don't even have a building. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. We have our seating choices range from old used car seats or. Like a bench seat. Like they yeah. took it out of a work truck. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> you know, but. Or it, the old couches from the clinic. Yeah, those too. But there's um, beautiful art in our airport furnished by our third grade, second, second and third grade. grade students who did an art project and yeah that's the best part got all their artwork framed and hung up and they do sell some cool things in there all right so there's our airport yeah and then you drive down a really long road because they had to relocate our airport due to climate change 
um, a really long road, and you're smack in the middle of town. Yep. The houses are rectangles on stilts because we live on the permafrost. Rectangular prisons. Rectangular prisons <laughs> on stilts, and they all have, um, most of them have, like, vertical siding or it's just plywood, mm-hmm. and they paint them really bright, cheery colors. Yeah, because... If not, literally everyone's house would be the exact same. Yeah. So you would never know who lived where. Right. And this that's like the older style houses. Our town is, I mean, our village is really just like one main drag with a couple of side streets off of it. Yeah. And like the houses towards the edges of the villages, they're literally on the tundra. Like there's nothing after those. Yeah, you just, if you keep going, the, the road ends. And it's just nothing, nothing. The first thing you will see when you're coming back from the airport, you'll see a couple kind of like abandoned. There's like one area where it's got a bunch of like abandoned cars and like tractors and stuff. But once you get past that and the first place you really see, um, you see a couple houses and then you see where we live, which is called the fourplex. It's a big building that's got four apartments in it. And this is apparently the place to be in comparison to other Totally te- is. In you teacher housing. Is. Oh, I 100% know. Yeah, this is, I mean, honestly, this the apartment we live in here is comparable to apartments back home, I think. I mean, it's n- yeah. just as nice. So, like, out here there's not a police station like there is downstate. Like, we don't even have a fire station. No. There's an old junk fire truck in the way far um, junkyard, which is really cool, but we don't have a fire station currently. It's boarded up. Oh, the church. The church. The church is neat. Yeah. It's, um, so like every building here is very worn because the weather is extremely harsh. Uh-huh. So it's a very worn, traditional looking church. Like it's white all the way around. It's got a big tower in it the front. It looks like a church. Yeah. It's, it has a bell. It's a church. And then on the inside, it's really neat. <laughs> <laughs> it's really neat because everything's in Euclid. Yeah. The hymnal, the Bible, the It's really sermon. cool, but really hard for... We've yeah. only been there one time, and unfortunately that was for a funeral. One of our teachers that works at the school lost her daughter, and we attended that funeral service there. And, I mean, it, it does. It just looks like a church. I will say the really unique thing that to me is a little creepy is when you are driving out on the tundra and you see the the cemetery. Oh, you think that's creepy? I think that's creepy. Where are they supposed to put it? I mean, Dump I know. the dead bodies in the water? No, like, like, I know that it's just a cemetery, but <laughs> it's just all, all you see are white crosses sticking up out of the ground. And yeah. to see nothing else, just barren tundra with crosses sticking up, the mountains in the background. it's very ominous. Although still in the United States, being in the remote bush country of Alaska can feel like a totally different country. There are so many things that are different and totally new, some really strange and foreign, some that made them completely uncomfortable. Okay. <laughs> that is, That's what I've got to say. So, let's say that a little slower. Okay. Okay. You got to really emphasize the look in it. So it's pretty much a steam bath. Except you are in a shed. Wait, let's draw it out. Mental picture. Here we go. Close your eyes. Okay. It's a box. It's built out of plywood Mm -hmm. with like a little tin roof. 
and it has a stovepipe coming out the top. When you first go in, there's a teeny room, and that is your changing room slash coming out from the hot steam cool down room. And if it's nice, it has pegs on the wall where you can hang up your clothes and bags and shelves for you to put your tennis shoes and all that stuff. If it's not nice, it just goes on the floor. (laughs) It's all a mess. Okay, and then you walk from the first room in the little uh, tiny shack. You don't you don't walk. That's a lie. Okay. You you crawl <laughs> on all fours because it's like you're going into the Keebler Elves tree <laughs> and you have to get down and crawl through a hole. And let me just tell you, you are naked when you do this. Oh, we forgot that part. You're so butt naked. A makae is a steam bath. And so this first room, when you go in, you have to strip along with everybody else that is there. Young, old, your principal, your neighbor. This is a group activity. You don't do this alone. No, it's like girls' time. Yeah. So you are nose to butt with a co-worker (laughs) or a friend. Your principal. Yeah, your principal (laughs) or someone you don't even know. Yeah. But they know all of you now. It's interesting to introduce yourself to someone when you're butt naked. Yeah. That's, I feel like I could pitch anyone do like those elevator speeches about yourself now because here yeah. I am. Eyes up. Freaking in my birthday suit, introducing myself. Okay, so you walk through the first room, you crawl into the second room, and the second room seems even smaller because part of it, like three quarters of it is on a platform, just like the rest of the building. Yep. Then the last quarter of it drops down to the ground, and there's a wood stove in there. Covered with rocks. On the top of the wood stove, there's a really skinny border around it. That's about an inch high, and then they go up river to collect big rocks. Because we live in the tundra, and there are no big rocks. So they go up river to the mountains and collect these big rocks. Now, on this little platform, there's buckets of water, and then there's a bucket of water right next to the to the wood stove and they use that to pour on top of the rocks and literally steam you alive like broccoli and not just like oh we're going to the sauna steam no this is like i want to cook you in the oven like a thanksgiving turkey uh, what was and the temperature you? that one time my grandma graces i think it was in the 300s yeah i was like i you have to put your face on the ground because if you lift up and sit up and you breathe in you will scald your lungs yeah you will actually physically burn they tell you to take your jewelry off because it will burn you a lot of times you also have to take like a rat a wash rag in there yes to hold over your face to breathe in and i mean the native yupik women who have done this for their whole life you know they can stay in there for like minutes like solid minutes Our first time, we were like, I think it was like maybe 30, maybe 40 seconds tops, and we are out. You go back through that small door into the first room, and that's where you cool off. And they let me go. just keep <laughs> keep this in mind. You're still naked, and when it's hot, they open the door. And there are people that are out walking around, and it's no big deal to them. <laughs> the first time we went, we were sitting there, and we were dying <laughs> because... Hello, we're first-timers, and we're dying, and Mac opens the door, and there's one of her fifth-grade boys. one of my fifth-grade students. And he goes, hi, Miss Erickson, hi, Miss Hostetter. And let me tell you, the look of sheer terror <laughs> and horror on my face probably said everything it needed to, it but was- it was no big deal because, I mean... You know, I was expecting, oh, my God, is he going to say something at school the next day? He's like, he saw his teacher nude. Oh, my God, my <laughs> student saw me like that. But it's part of the culture here. It, it's tr- And it's really awesome. I have never slept so hard in my life. 
Oh yeah, you're done. You're down for the count. Like you will but not wake amazing. up until feel, twelve o'clock the next it's day. It's almost like I can, I don't even know what to compare it to because you feel so refreshed okay. and rejuvenated afterwards. Kind of a good comparison. You're at the beach. You're out on the beach yes. all day long. You have there the you best go. time of your life. You go back. You take a nice shower and you pass out. Except you don't just pass out for a little nap. You pass out for like twelve hours. Yeah. And. It is the best sleep you will ever get of your life. Yeah, and the next day you wake up and the birds are chirping and they're bringing you your Cinderella dress to put on because you've conquered the world. Exactly. There was never an issue with running out of something like coffee. If you needed to get something, you just went down to the store. Not so. Right now, the place that we order our groceries from is go undergoing some maintenance and so they are not able to ship us groceries and we're going to Anchorage next week so it's a weird time for us and we don't have crap in the house so I'm currently eating ramen and And I just ate like random vegetables for dinner because we don't have anything else because you can't just go to the store there is no store unless you want to pay 340 bucks to fly to Bethel and back cost of living in Alaska in general is through the roof but again, you make more money out here. So but I don't even care because a case of Costco water, you heard right, Costco water is $40. Ahead and of, that was during the summer. A head of iceberg lettuce is normally 6 to $8. Same thing with an avocado. Yeah. Bananas, dollar, dollar, 50 piece. Apples, about four to five bucks a piece. Trees, vegetation, animals, yes. flowers. Uh-huh. That's what I miss okay. the most. And bees and bugs. And frogs. I miss it all. It's so bland and blah and just snow everywhere. Yeah. It's just like snow, more oh. snow. Look, there's an icicle. Oh, wait, a giant snow pile. Okay, cool. I miss grocery stores. I miss, like, and we have a store here. We are very fortunate because our store is, like, the best store. In, oh, my God, yeah. To other villages. But... I miss a real store and, like, being able to go in and they have things. Like, they have milk or they have eggs. Like, and you know. coffee creamer. And you know that they're going to have those things. Always. Because here we don't know. Shelves could be empty for weeks or months at a time. And then you, you hear about a shipment and it's like, oh, my gosh, we're, like, white on rice. And we're all there. And then it's cleared out again. Yeah. So, I miss. When we get eggs, people buy, like, four or five dozen at a time. Yeah, exactly. Let me just tell you the level of excitement that I had at Christmas time when I came home and I went to 7-Eleven. I was yeah. with my sister and her husband and I walked into 7-Eleven and it was like a kid on Christmas. I mean, I am kind of a big kid and it was Christmas, but I was at a 7-Eleven and it was awesome. What was not awesome was going to the mall right afterwards and feeling mm. so socially awkward because yeah. you've been isolated for so long. That's real. They call it being bushy and it's real. We were bushy. We were 100% bushy. Yeah. And you don't even realize it, but it's just life is slower here and there's not so many moving parts. And so... It's not so much stimulation. Yeah, there's not a hundred things happening at It's once. like sensory overload and you're just like, holy cow, everybody stop. That's why I'm from outside of northern virginia and so like the closest airport to my house is dulles but i chose to fly into richmond because i'm not flying into dulles airport (laughs) it's too busy people are going too fast and i don't know what they're saying 
So I flew into Richmond. Funny story about that. When I flew in, um, I have a really good friend who lives in Richmond, and I actually ran into her at the mall. And I was like, hey! And then I was like, oh my god, I don't know what to say now. And it's like, this has been a child, this is a childhood friend who I've known since I was in elementary school. But I mean, that's how much of a change it makes in you, how socially awkward you can be. Because I was like, I'm so sorry that I'm being so awkward right now. I just, I just don't know what to do because there's so many things happening at once. <laughs> and let me, like, I was in short pump. You know how short pump is. And I was trying to be cool and shop and be in Forever 21, but it was not, it, it was not happening. I walked right in and walked right back out and sat on a bench and I said, I'm going to stay here until you're finished. It's a totally different way of life and it takes adjusting to go back to live in Virginia which we have to talk about if we're going back or not. That's the question. Taking all of these factors into account, the remoteness, the cold, but also the kids that they're teaching and the community, the good things and the challenges, will Michaela and Amelia come back for year two? We'll find out next time on the second episode of Stay or Go. That's part two. That's next week on the Day After Graduation podcast. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe to our feed through Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our podcast is produced by Cordy Walker, Ryan Catherwood, Paige Rollins, Megan Wilson, and the Office of Alumni and Career Services at Longwood University. If you have a story you think would be great on the podcast, let us know about it. Email career at longwood.edu. See you next time for another edition of Day After Graduation.